glass, ice, pour. Hello, friends, and welcome to Whiskey and Rye. I am your host, Ryan Charles Brown. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Uh, This is going to be one of our four-part segment episodes. I uh, had uh, just a bit of a scheduling mishap with one of my guests this week, so I'm going to just do a little four-part episode, which is great because I've got a lot to talk about uh, and some good things that I want to share, so I'm glad that you jumped in on that. Um, We'll do updates at the end of the show, so I think let's uh, let's just jump right in, shall we? cheers let's do this oh bushmills man so good and the nice the thing i like about bushmills is uh after you let you let the ice sit for just a little bit just long enough and uh it starts to bring out that real sweetness and it's just like a real fruitful taste it's just ah it's so nice it's so nice to um to be uh recording uh, again at night i've switched my schedule to doing this at night and i should mention uh i am recording this first episode this this is uh, the first episode that i'm recording in the new studio space that i have created for myself so i have a little workspace that i now have a studio space to record in as well and so this is the first episode i'm going to record going to be recording uh in here which i'm really excited about it feels really good to be recording in here i've been working in here for about a week and a half i was doing some prep work i've been doing some setup cleaning and organizing kind of getting the space feeling nice and settled and it's really feeling good so i'm happy with where it is uh right now and so uh, i'm good i'm glad to be in here i'm glad to have a little space to record uh and so when i do these episodes by myself this is a perfect place to be uh the space is a little cramped if i wanted to get a guest in here but you know uh, it might happen who knows we'll have to just wait and see how it goes um but uh yeah for now it's going to be just me in here and this is a great space for me to work and edit and also record which is great and i can do both video content and uh, podcast stuff in here, which is fantastic. So happy to be in this space. Uh, feels like home. Feels so good. I haven't had a space like this since I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough to have a little space like this growing up as a kid. So it uh, feels good. It feels very f- familiar to that kind of like a little fort in a way, uh, which is really cool. So happy to be <coughs> happy to be in this space. And uh, we had uh, one of our dear friends over tonight to help out with Reese. So I got a bit of a break uh, from doing all the full on dad duties. So uh, uh, feels really good. I feel I've got some a bit of energy uh, tonight, which is nice uh, because most of the time by, you know, it's I'm recording this episode around eight o'clock. Most of the time I'm pretty much beat um, by this time because I've read, you know, books several times and uh, we've done bath time and dinner and, you know, all those other things. So all those things that come with being uh, with being a dad and it, Jen is my partner uh, she's my wife she's right there with me you know we do bath time together every night which is which is amazing but even still with the two of us it's exhausting uh but having our friend here with us tonight was really awesome it was great for her uh, for her to be here so thankful for her to take uh, take some of that energy and be able to do some to fun stuff with him and read some books so I don't have to read llama llama t- time to share for three hundredth time but i mean we at least learning how to share so i guess that's a positive thing all right so we're gonna jump in this first segment uh so super tuesday just passed which is a really big um really big part of the election season and um i am a permanent 
uh, mail voter. Uh, I started to vote by mail this, I don't know, I, I, just a year or two ago, I think. Um, I always liked going to vote. I liked the idea of going to vote. And in Michigan, it was super easy. There was, you know, voting center at a church just down the road, you know, and there was there were really lines or things like that. You could just go, you just pop your vote in and it was no big deal and then I moved to a big city and voted and was like oh my gosh this is an event you know you can't show up whenever you want you have to show up strategic times and you know this year we've got so all sorts of um you know news floating around about the coronavirus and uh you know I just I didn't want to have to deal with that this year so I did the old vote by mail which was fantastic so uh, I cast my vote pretty early um, uh, gonna keep it private unless for some reason the whiskey gets to me and I slip. Uh, but the point is not to talk about who I voted for, but just that I did vote and, uh, that I voted by mail and that voting by mail is a really great option. Uh, if you don't want to deal with lines and you don't want to deal with the unpredictability that comes with the the voting day uh so even if you just do the vote by mail uh, you can fill it out and drop it off at a polling center so cast my vote um and was watching the results and i think i like most of the country was pretty shocked to see it uh sort of whittled down to uh two candidates uh emerging as the front runners both being male white male specifically uh so joe biden uh won a majority of the states got a a big uh collection of delegates and bernie sanders won california which is a large large gathering of delegates but you know i was talking with jen about this today and california is kind of on an island out here in a way like in terms of uh, how our liberalness is kind of sh- sheltered a little bit by the desert, uh, by New Mexico. And, and, you know, these states kind of, I feel like they act as like this weird political buffer. And so uh, I, I feel like sometimes our, you know, the, the liberal um, influence that we have is, is sometimes dampened by these states that are in the middle. And so, you know, even though I, I say this because even though Bernie did win California, I don't think it was enough to um, to give him some some moment the momentum that I think most of his supporters would have liked to see going into this point. Uh, so so I, I think that was interesting. I was keeping my I was keeping my eye on that, uh, and uh, you know I was talk, talking about the amount of delegates and you know and different things like that. And um, you know it was interesting to see which demographics Biden landed well with and. I was surprised to see him take some of the states in the South that I thought maybe Bernie or Elizabeth Warren might take. Um, And I was, I think I was just overall like most people surprised in that, in in how um, little impact it seemed. the 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 amount of money that that mike bloomberg put into this campaign and how little uh of a return he saw in that investment i just i i really that was quite shocking and then to also see elizabeth warren not do so well after seeing so many celebrities come out and endorse her so uh, so close to super tuesday 
I really saw her making a, a big push and I thought maybe <clears throat> maybe she would actually be that second front runner along with Joe Biden or, or maybe it would be just uh, Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders and Joe Biden would actually be be falling into third place um, but but either way I was uh, I was overall very surprised to see just how um, dominant Joe Biden's performance was and how he pulled so well with the moderate uh, Democrats but I guess that sort of makes sense because um, when I think about Joe Biden, I think of him as more on, as even like a conservative kind of, um, a Democrat and some people who would listen to the show would be like, what? That's insane. Um, but again, this is, it's just my opinion. Um, it, maybe it is insane, but to me, he seems a, a bit more conservative, I guess he and maybe that's what's allowing the moderates to feel comfortable because Bernie is just way too much on the left. And, you know, um, and getting into the main topic of this segment, which is I just don't think America is still not ready to have a woman leader. And I think that's really what I wanted to talk about in this seg- segment was women in politics. You know, one of the guests last season, one of my first guests actually on the show, uh, Dr. Carolyn Heldman, is... Uh, probably one of my favorite people to um, read political commentary. And I love listening to her takes on um, gender and politics and and those types of things. So I'll make sure to put a link to her website where you can um, read copies. You can get copies of her books and and read other, you know, uh, articles she's written. And she's written some great stuff on the topic of politics and gender. Um, But just thinking about women in politics, about how, Again, I was talking with Jen about why it just doesn't seem to be feasible right now for a woman to break through that first bit of the um, of the of the the nomination. I mean, we saw Hillary Clinton make it so far, um, but now um, it's almost seeming like uh, there was a, a, in a weird way a step back. You know, I I almost thought this that that Hillary kind of like broke through the ceiling, and and now Elizabeth Warren's going to be able to come through, and then those that was kind of like a steady stream after her of powerful, bright, smart women that will be able to you know be uh, taking those leadership roles in politics, those top leadership roles. Um, so I don't I don't really know. Um, I want to read more commentary on what I think. Uh, this election is going to mean like long term for more women running. But I think what it says right now about how um, the the country seems to be more comfortable with with older white men um, is still just bringing up a lot of questions, just kind of like where we are as a nation and um, what we value and, and what we put our vote behind, because, you know, um, voting is not as popular as some of our major holidays and some of the things that people show up for. Um, it's, it's becoming more, um, popular and it's becoming something that people participate in, especially these major elections like presidential elections, but even, you know, the, the local elections and some of the things that were going on here in California, um, I was keeping a very close eye on those things. And, uh, there were a lot of women and a lot of minority women who were, um, taking seats and who have uh, have have taken some seats out here in California. So there are some cool things that that are happening. Um, but I'm I'm wondering. This is a, this is kind of a question that I'm going to just sort of sit with. Is um, Jen and I were talking about the idea of um, okay, so 
we were talking about who do we think is going to beat uh, the current president, who's going to beat President Trump. And I feel like Bernie Sanders is so, so I gave it away. But so I think that the person who's going to beat the current administration, the current president, it's going to be like an upset, like miracle on ice type situation where it's like, oh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. They beat the greatest team on uh, on ice ever. Um, it's going to be like that type of situation. And I feel like Bernie Sanders is the one to do that. I don't feel like Joe Biden's like that upset kind of guy. Like Joe Biden's not Rudy. You know what I mean? But like, like Bernie is definitely Rudy. You know what I mean? Like he's that guy that you root for. He's a total underdog, um, grassroots. And he's popular with a demographic, young people and Latino people. Those are those are very important demographics right now, um, mainly because of just majority of how many young people there are and how many Latinos there are in the United States now. So I think it would be really important um, for someone like him to be in office because I think he actually represents uh, a very large majority of, of the country uh, who's been under underrepresented. Presented for, for quite some time. Um, so I think that my, it's my hot take that Bernie's the one that could beat that could beat Trump. I don't think uh, I don't think Huggy Joe is, is <laughs> going to do it. I don't think he's the guy. And so we were talking about like, OK, who's the ticket? OK. And so I think how how B.A. would it be? Thanks, Dane Cook. How awesome would it be? Um, if it were Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, like if, if he were able to repair those bridges and if he were able to really, um, you know, listen to her and, and be willing to, to adapt some of her uh, political um, policies and some of her thoughts, I think that would be a really strong ticket. And I think them together would be really great. Um, I'm not sure if, if Joe and Bernie end up duking it out um, throughout the Democratic nomination, Joe gets it. I don't know if he could get if he could get Bernie to do it, and I don't know if Elizabeth Warren would would jump on with with Joe Biden. And and I'm not even sure if that like I'm not I'm I feel like even that that ticket would would not would come close. I feel like like Biden Warren would come close, like super close. Like maybe even win the popular vote and have like a situation like we did four years ago, or have like what I read today on Facebook have like a John Kerry situation where it's a strong candidate but not strong enough, right? And Kerry won. I think same sort of situation. I think he came close to winning the popular vote or did, and they had that uh, situation. I have to fact fact check that. Um, but um, there there could there's just a situation where I don't think Joe Biden on his own can beat him. I don't think even him and Warren can beat him. I think Bernie is the ticket. So, uh, but that's not the point of what I'm saying. Women in politics. Um, when will America be ready for a female president? Okay, so that's where I was going with this. If Bernie does win and he picks Elizabeth Warren, would having a female vice president make it easier for a woman to get to become president or would it make it harder? And this is a question that I'm kind of just leaving open-ended of, you know, would the woman be given a fair chance or would everything she'd be do done be scrutinized and micromanaged so much that they wouldn't allow a woman in office for much longer? Or would America do 
the the right thing and notice how you know not be nitpicky and not hold the woman to a, a higher standard than they have any other person in that office before them and uh actually make it easier for women and maybe maybe the woman vp then uh next once the term is over then becomes does become president uh, would it make it easier i'm not sure um but uh, I think Dr. Heldman would have some hot takes on that. So um, I'm going to include her uh, in in this. Uh, I'm going to include her resources. She's probably have written something about this. I know she's going to be writing about Elizabeth Warren and things like that. So make sure to check out Dr. Heldman's stuff. But um, yeah, just be thinking about, uh, you know, to wrap up this segment, if you're thinking about voting, um, you know, in, in whatever your state um uh, you know, kind of election is and whether you're voting a uh, Republican or Democrat, you know, do your research and, and vote locally too. That's super important. Figure out your local things. Uh, we had things on the ballot uh, that affected uh, school funding here in LA. We had stuff that affected prison reform, not to mention the local officials that really mean a lot. The sheriff, uh, I don't think people realize how much power the sheriff has in terms of, um, who is jailed for how long and certain laws and things like that. So sheriff is really important. Do your research. Um, make sure you're putting people in office who uh, are um, for equality and don't have a tendency to, you know, show uh, one side preferential treatment to one side or another, things like that. You want like good middle of the road um uh, good people, especially local people who are going to represent you in your community well. So just be active in your in your elections. I, I encourage that very much. So cheers to voting. <clears throat> Get out and vote. And uh, looking forward to this election season and then what, what comes from that. All right. So moving into the second segment, <clears throat> uh, I'm going to do a, uh, a movie review. So I'm going to be a movie critic for a minute and I'm going to be a movie critic for a super old movie that came out a long time ago that I just saw on iTunes because I'm a dad and I have a kid and I only go to the movies for like really awesome movies like Joker and, uh, I think Joker is the last movie I can think of that I saw in the theater. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, Jen and I recently watched Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, which is about <clears throat> the beloved Mr. Rogers, uh, who is one of my favorite, uh, uh, one of my favorite people, one of my favorite shows uh, growing up. I absolutely loved watching, watching Mr. Rogers. So I was really interested in this movie. I have seen the documentary. Um, Won't You Be My Neighbor? And I absolutely loved that documentary. It was so good, so well done. So I went into this movie with high hopes. So before I get into it, spoilers. Spoilers. You should have seen this movie by now. If you haven't, it's on you. That's what has. Uh, that's what uh, I've heard that before. It wasn't on. Uh, it wasn't Patriot Act with Hassan Minaj, but it was another show. Whatever. If you haven't seen this, if you haven't seen this movie already, and the spoilers, uh, this segment's about fifteen minutes. Just fast forward fifteen minutes, and uh, hopefully you won't hear anything that's really vital. Anyway, getting into it. Beautiful day in the neighborhood. Uh, overall, I didn't like the film. Uh, I didn't like it be- because one, Mr. Rogers. He's not a character. So even though Tom Hanks, one of the greatest character actors to ever, you just can't play someone who's not acting. 
And I, that's one of the things they conveyed in the film is that Mr. Rogers, like he just was this really amazing person, but he also worked at it. He, he wasn't just born this way. Uh, he had, he had rituals and he had like spiritual practices and things that he did, uh, that were really important to him. So, so I think that's like, that's an important part of the movie, uh, that, that, and so it's hard to, so it's hard to play that. Right. So, so I wasn't a big fan of that. Um, I guess the way that they, I guess this movie, the storyline was based on like the article that actually happened. And oh, I wanted to read the article today, uh, but time just got away from me because um, it talks about this idea of a hero, right? So that's what this movie is about, this idea of uh, it started as they were doing this profile in American Heroes. And Mr. Rogers is kind of like this unlikely hero because he he's you know it's kind of like that that saying not all heroes wear capes like that might actually be about him right because you know he is this person who was a hero to a lot of people but he's he's an unlikely hero you know he's not someone uh who you might might think to when you think hero when you would think of maybe someone more like a superhero or maybe someone like president obama or somebody like that <clears throat> or maybe like someone in your family who means really important someone's really important to you uh, so, so he's kind of like this unlikely hero. And, uh, so the movie is about this article that was written about him. This guy, he's a, I guess, typically kind of like hard nosed journalist, hard to impress. And he goes through this, you know, transformation, whatever. Um, so, so, I mean, that's fine. The movie was fine. Here's what I like about it. So this, this, uh, and I think this is fictional, part i don't think this is real uh but this is the part of the movie that i really liked and that i actually identified with is this is this struggle that this writer is having is it's uh he's having a hard time um coming to grips with the fact that he's about to become a father his uh i think i think they're engaged to be married um his his fiance is is pregnant i don't think it's his wife it doesn't matter uh she's pregnant and they he's so he's about to be a father but he has a difficult relationship with his own father now i don't identify with that me and my dad we have a great relationship um it's really amazing i'm very blessed with that but i do identify with that sort of holy shit i'm about to be a father and i don't really know if i'm a man yet feeling uh, i do remember that and actually that's a lot of where whiskey and rye came from and a lot of these conversations that i was having with my lyft and uber passengers about gosh like i don't know like when did you become a man when did i become a man i don't even really know um am i a man am i ready to be a dad like i'm gonna be raising a son uh how do i how am i gonna help him be a good man like oh my gosh you know all of these questions all these things that were racing through my mind and so so this movie um a lot of the struggle that this character is going through with his own father um i think is he's afraid that the that the unresolved things between him and his dad might somehow play into his relationship with his new kid or with his with his child and i think ultimately what what the the uh this character it's not a it's a fictional person but ultimately what this father who i'm identifying with in this movie i think ultimately what he's afraid of is not being able to connect with their child and you know i remember back to reading um 
my the book on fatherhood that I read um, called The Expecting Father. And in, in, in one of the chapters was talking about, and actually they mentioned this a couple of times, about how several men have a really hard time connecting with the baby, especially um, during those early months of pregnancy um, and, and how they really struggle with that, how they struggle with that, uh, that difficulty of like, Oh man, like, you know, my, my partner or my, my wife or girlfriend, she's, she's very emotional about this. Um, and it, you know, I, I don't want to feel detached or, or insensitive, but gosh, I'm just having a hard time connecting to this pregnancy or feeling like it's real just yet. Um, and that's totally normal. You know, I think for me, um, because I was reading this, I tried to do little things to connect to the pregnancy early on. Um, like, really just like putting my hands around the belly area and, um, you know, just talking to the baby and playing music, stuff that I love to do, but just, you know, kissing and showing affection, you know, all of those types of things, all the silly things that, you know, probably I, you know what, they did make a difference, honestly, because me and my son, we have a great relationship. So, you know, what? it did make a difference. But uh, I think those are the things that I did to help connect me to the pregnancy. And so I, I think once this movie, uh, once this part of the film comes about where uh, the, the baby's born, even after the baby's born, he's still kind of struggling. He's struggling with doing the feedings and, and being up at night. And I was just, man, I just remember that so much. I remember so much that the difficulty in that transition of being able to sleep all the way through the night to then having to get up and warm up a bottle and then feed that person a bottle and then, you know, what if they don't burp right away? And like, can you lay them down without a burp? And then you do lay them down without a burp, but then you're like, Oh no, this is going to be the time that they're going to, they're going to like throw up in their mouth and die. And it's going to be my fault. So then you get up again and you burp them, right? So you can't sleep your legs. So it's just, you know, I remember I identify all those things and I identify with that struggle of, um, of, of dealing with the transition of, of moving away from having my own time to, um, having to sacrifice and, and to adjust to take care of this little thing that's so dependent on me. So, you know, um, uh, so as the movie goes and this young man starts to have peace with his own father, he then, uh, he then has peace with, uh, being a father to this child. So, so he makes peace with his dad in the film. Uh, sadly, his dad is dying. So that's what kind of brings them together. So that brings them together. But then that peace that they have allows him to then make peace with his child, which I think is really beautiful. Um, and, and so I identify with that process because I went through that a lot. Um, when we, we went through phases of that, um, uh, throughout my life and, um, you know, my dad and I, thankfully we worked on our relationship together but also through par- through therapy I was able to work on um, kind of some things that I could do for myself to, to open up conversations with my dad that we eventually ended up talking about which which I'm really thankful about so um, yeah so I, I really just uh, while while I didn't really enjoy beautiful day in the neighborhood um, I did enjoy this this sort of like theme behind it of this this man becoming a father and him just dealing with the struggle of what that means and and all of that and uh yeah so i thought i thought that was really cool and i will say have after watching the movie um i i've tried to be a better person really like i've tried to think about 
not being angry about something that's so silly. And I've thought about like taking a second to just think about why am I getting frustrated about these things? And like, and just thinking about healthy ways to express your anger. I think one of the things they show in the film is uh, Fred was talking about ways he expresses anger. You hit the piano keys really hard. And like, you know, it's realized like you can be angry. You can have emotions. It's just what you do with those emotions. That's really important. And, and one of the things I learned, um, this conference, uh, it's been about uh, two months that I've gone to is that one of the things that I, I, that I really, a uh, big takeaway was, I learned from Allison is um, men express our emotions through our like through our hands. So when when our emotions get we get like so emotional, we use our hands. So we high five our friends, or we we're like yeah, we clench our fists, we're like yeah, or we like we clap, we like you know we clap our hands, or we hit the you know, so because we're so excited. Um, so we we express ourselves, um, you know, through our hands, and so you know when we're angry, it makes sense that we want to hit stuff because that's the quickest way to get our emotion out. So it's thinking about the healthy ways that he talked about pounding the piano keys really hard. You know, one thing I do is I come and I, I play guitar. So I just slam on my guitar really hard. Those strings can take it, you know? Um, and another thing I've talked about doing was taking up boxing. You know, I have to imagine like Think about if if every guy who is like, oh, I want a healthy way to deal with my emotion took up boxing. Like, there's so many, there'd be so many more jacked guys walking around with confidence, you know, and, and things like that and healthy masculinity and things like that. So it would just be so beautiful. Um, yeah, so I was just thinking about, you know, not running away from your emotions. And I thought it was really cool how you could kind of see through the film how Mr. Rogers portrayed all of his emotions through his puppets and through other things like that. I thought that was really, really cool how um, he was not afraid to express emotion he figured out the best way for him to express his emotions and so I thought that was really cool as well um and just thinking about you know what's a healthy way that you can express your emotions because we have them and acknowledging them is really good and really important so um man I love Mr. Rogers and I watched Mr. Rogers so much and I remember um just really enjoying so much of his programming and just being exposed to so many things so um I highly recommend Won't You Be My Neighbor, which is the documentary. And if you want to, you know, watch a sappy movie or if you're a big Tom Hanks fan like I am, uh, you can watch Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, but just go in with a very low expectations. Uh, and that's my hot take on Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. All right, we're halfway through. You sticking with me? I hope so. <clears throat> All right, so I want to talk about um, this cool thing that I've started out here in Los Angeles that I'm really excited about. Uh, we had our first gathering last, uh, last week. And, uh, so I've started out here in LA, a dad's breakfast. And you may have seen me post on this post about this on the Instagram, or if you follow my personal page, you saw this as well. Um, but I started a dad's breakfast out here in Los Angeles. And, um, for a while, I have um, um, I've been wanting to have a space where I can connect with other work from home dads. Uh, I have this unique opportunity to uh, be at home a lot with Reese, and then I work in between his naps, and I work at night, and then I work on the weekends, and I just I have these this totally non traditional schedule. Um, thanks to a lot of sacrifice and dedication for my wife, and just conversations and planning and all these things. So, and I really feel fortunate um, to have this opportunity. And and I have been meeting randomly, uh, just as I'm like out in the neighborhood with Reese. 
I'll meet other dads who work from home or predominantly work from home or they just, uh, they actually, they just raise their kids. Like their, their wives have great jobs or they, maybe they were like actors and they made a bunch of money a while back and they're just kind of like living off residuals and things like that. So, um, in LA, you just never really know how people live. Like, it's so weird. Like, I'm so thankful that it's not polite to ask people how they live because, this is crazy how some people are like, how do you afford your life? But anyway, <laughs> um, I think uh, I've been meeting these dads. They're, they're, they're out there. And I was just like, you know what? It would be really cool to just get these dads together once, like once a month and just hang out. And um, one of the things I absolutely love is breakfast food. I'm down for breakfast food. Like I'm one of those people, I'll eat breakfast food really any time of day i'll eat breakfast food even if i've had breakfast already so if i've had like eggs and oatmeal or whatever and we're like oh let's go out for brunch and we go to a place that has like really good breakfast i'll probably get like eggs and toast and hash browns or i'll get like the things that i didn't get like turkey bacon or things that i can't like cook for myself like i'll totally get that like yeah i would eat breakfast a lot like probably two out of the three meals a day i don't think i would do like a three for three maybe like one day i would do a three for three but like i love breakfast food that's the point i'm trying to say so i thought well you know what these dads they're out there they have weird schedules like i do uh they're probably home during the week like i am um what if we just did like a breakfast and so uh i did the weird thing that guys normally don't do and I followed <laughs> followed through and I just put out the call to a couple of my guy friends I was like hey I'm gonna meet it I'm gonna go to this spot for breakfast would love to see you there and a couple of my friends actually showed up which was really awesome it was really really awesome to have a few other dads be like you know what this is really cool and so we just had this really awesome time of having delicious breakfast and just like hanging out and being dads and talking about what it was like to you know have kids and like it's just really cool because when you you know when your life changes so significantly like becoming a father um does like that does to your life like it's it's really shocking you know there's some things that are really shocking and i think i take them for granted because i'm like yeah of course like like even just like talking about like being up uh, and changing your sleep schedule. It's like, yeah, of course, like I changed my sleep schedule. Like it's no big deal. But I, I take it for granted because I talked to my friends who are younger. Uh, you know, it's like say I talk to guys, my mid, my guy friends are like in their mid twenties. I tell them about this, and they're like, dude, like what? That's not. That's insane. Like, you're insane, bro. They're like I'm, oh, I'm never having kids. You know. Uh, but it's just funny because I'm gonna talk to those same guys in like two or three years, and they're gonna be like, hey man, so um, is there anything I can do to like get ready for like sleep techniques? Because I feel like I really want to have kids you know uh so it's 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 i know it's just temporary that that most guys feel that's that way about being crazy with the schedule but um but yeah like it's it's a real thing so um you know just having a space to get together and just talk about stuff uh is really awesome so you know some of the, some of the things that we talked about uh, we talked about like different phases, you know, how kids are going through different phases. So at the dad's breakfast, uh, there was a guy who had, uh, he's got a daughter three months old. And then, uh, I've, my son Reese is a year and a half. And then my other friend there, he has a son who's, uh, who's two years old, just over two actually. 
Um, so we're, we're on the run spectrum. Um, two of us have boys. One of us has a girl. So we've got different genders. And so all these other things, uh, me and, and the other guy who has a boy, we, we just have one kid. So we all only have one kid. Um, but this, you know, so the other one, uh, who has the older two year old, he hasn't had much experience with girls. So it's like a whole new world for him listening to my friend talk about, you know, the different things that he's doing, which is, which is just crazy. Um, and, uh, so I identify with that because I have nieces. And so I remember, you know, taking care of them and I've changed diapers. And so like, I know about the differences in changing diapers and, you know, all of those little nuances and differences between taking care of baby boys and baby girls. So I could kind of like mediate the conversation flow between the two. So it was really fun though, because, um, I was just sitting there. I just kind of in the, in the moment kind of got lost in the fact that I was just having this really beautiful conversation with, uh, with two other guys, two other dads. Um, and, and, uh, and we thought it was cool. You know, it wasn't one of those things like it wasn't forced and it wasn't like we didn't want to like keep it underground and like whatever. We we were we just were really proud to be dads. And I just think that's really cool. It's something that I didn't really know existed. I didn't know that I could build like a, a community of cool dads to to talk about how cool it is to be a dad and, and um you know, I just think it's really um really really awesome to be a part of this community and why I'm so grateful for people that listen to this show. You know, every time I listen to this there I look at the stats for the show, I'm just blown away at the the numbers and the people who listen in like the different countries and like it just shocks me because I just I can't I can't I I started this thing from nothing. You know, there was literally no people that listened, you know, and then and then then 10 people listened, you know, and then and then 20 and then and then 40 and then it just kept going and going and going and now I just I look at these and I'm just like I can't believe this. I I'm just so grateful that that you all have joined in this journey and you're a part of it and you're like, yeah, this is really something that's cool that I want to be a part of. And I feel the same thing about this dad's breakfast that these dads are like, "Hey, you know, I think it's really cool that you think it's really cool to be a dad. And one of the cool parts about being a dad and a work from home dad is that we can take the time away, you know, with proper planning and everything to just be dads and talk about being a dad and just, uh, and just hang out. And it's really cool. So we, we had some great breakfast, we had some great talk, uh, coffees, uh, and we were there for about, uh, about an hour and a half, two hours and it was fantastic. And so we're going to do one next month. Um, we're going to move venues, um, to, to a place just up the street. Um, but if you're interested, uh, I'll put the link to the Facebook group, uh, in the show notes, you can check it out. Uh, and if you're a dad who lives in Southern California, join the group and join us for breakfast. It would be really awesome to, to see you. Um, so yes, yeah, so that's dad's breakfast, something that I started and I'm really uh, excited about that. So, uh, okay. Last little update and, uh, and then that will be the show for this week. going to never guess the topic that I'm going to talk about right now. But I've been thinking for a while about this, and I'm the type of person that if I believe in something, that I'm going to tell you about it. So, you know, I do monetize, I wanted to monetize this podcast. I have the Patreon, and eventually I do, uh, I want to do more ads and things like that because I, I want to be able to do this full time. So I want to make money off it so I can do this full time so I can create more content. So, so I'm not going to, so all that to say, if I advertise something or if I tell you about something, I really believe in it. 
Uh, and so these, I've been wanting to do a segment on on a on an area of products that I really believe in that I don't think many guys think a lot about. So <laughs> this is totally un this is totally unprepared. I just want to talk about it, but I didn't like bring any with me or whatever. So I'm going to talk about skincare products. Yeah, you heard me right. I said that skin care products. <laughs> All right. Why do I want to talk about skincare products? Because ever since I met Jen, I have had access to the greatest skincare products ever. All right. So Jen is really good at finding natural products, things that don't have bad chemicals and things that are natural elements from the earth that just bring out all these beautiful things about your skin naturally, which is so awesome because um, where I come from uh, in Michigan, I didn't, you know, I didn't really learn about skincare, you know, like I'm, I used to put on suntan oil, which I, which I've learned is different than sunblock. Uh, suntan oil is different than sunblock. Some people might be hearing that for the first time. I didn't know that either. There's a difference. There's actually sunblock, which is supposed to block the sun, and suntan oil, which is supposed to help you get tan, which naturally doesn't block the sun. Totally makes sense. Didn't think about it. Didn't want to think about it. Putting the stuff on my face. Uh, spend my summers in the Upper Peninsula camping with my friends. Uh, just outside all the time. No no SPF on my face. Just not not good. Not good. It's not good for your skin for a lot of reasons, um, but for the people that I know who have had skin cancer or skin cancer survivors, like it's just not good to be so negligent with your skin. Your skin is uh, your body's biggest organ. That some else people might also be hearing that for the first time. I also didn't know that for a long time. But imagine if we were so negligent with like your heart or your lungs or your liver, right? Like if you if you naturally like were if you were naturally so negligent with your lungs in the same manner of SPF with like like what would be equitable to be negligent with your lungs as opposed to like not wearing an an SPF like an entire summer probably like 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 sucking in like dry ice or something like it would just be so awful like the most awful thing you could do uh to neglect your lungs so neglecting your skin is super bad you shouldn't neglect your skin so especially your skin on your face it's super sensitive uh and you can rejuvenate your skin can rejuvenate all of these things this is all so fascinating and guys are probably like why are you talking about this because when you have nice skin you have confidence that's why i'm talking about skincare products i guess i should just put that right out there before i actually talk about these skincare products it's like why why the hell are you talking about skincare products i'm talking about skincare products because when you have good skin you feel confident when you walk around with a bunch of blemishes you feel like shit and when you feel like shit you act like a dick like and i'm talking to the guys uh because you do like that's just the way that it is but when you walk when you when you have nice skin when you don't have blemishes you feel confident you feel good you're a nicer individual beards are a big trend well guys like how do you take care of your skin and maintain a beard what if you want to trim your beard what if you shave every single day that is super harsh for your skin and i guarantee you most guys aren't spending the money on a pre-shave lotion, a high-quality shave lotion, a aftershave lotion. Aftershave is not your cologne. 
like aftershave is meant to actually like help you. Another thing I learned about shaving, just for a second, I had no idea you're supposed to put cold water on your face after shaving. Thank you, Jonathan Van Ness. I've never shaved the same after finding that out. So uh, Jonathan Van Ness from Queer Eye, in case you didn't know, love Queer Eye, my favorite, and I love Jonathan. He's my favorite. Um, his book is incredible. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab it. It's right here in my studio. I'm going to grab it right now. Jen got me this book for Christmas. It's called Over the Top. I'm almost finished. I'm on page 164. This book is so good. But Jonathan taught me cold water on your face after shaving. That helps. Helps like with your pores and stuff. So you want your skin to last a long time, right? Obviously. And you want to look good because you want to feel confident. And if you can look good longer, like why wouldn't you do that? So skincare is super important. So I'm going to talk about that for a little bit because I started with one type of skincare and then I moved to a different kind and I like them both just as much. So for my face wash, I use just a basic Burt's Bees face wash and it is, uh, it doesn't have any like exfoliating. I don't have like an apricot. So, so I have kind of like a half beard, like I call it. It's like a stubble. And so I use a, uh, just like a one guard razor to trim it up. And then I shave kind of like the under part of the beard and then trim it up. So, um, so face wash, I'm gonna talk about face wash first. Then I'll go through shaving equipment. Face wash, I use just Burt's Bees. Um, I use something with like chamomile and aloe. Uh, it's great for in-between shaves because it keeps my face moisturized, but it's also great for aftershaves. That aloe helps soothe the skin, uh, especially the part that I'm trimming with that one-guard razor. It gets really irritated because I have to go over it a lot, so that aloe is really nice. And then also for that under part, um, just kind of helps with any razor burn, helps soothe any of that. So just a really simple Burt's Bees with aloe aloe face wash is really good all right shaving equipment so i mentioned i use um just like a trimmer uh, it's just like a basic beard trimmer with a one guard um, so i use just the just without the guard just like the razor itself to trim the under part of my neck and then i use the one guard and kind of shave up my my beard kind of trim that up then i take uh, a really nice um all natural uh, shave balm with eucalyptus um, and a lot of like cooling stuff like mint and different things like that and I, I do a nice layer I go against the grain so I push up the hairs which is also another thing I learned from Jonathan over the top I'm gonna put the link to this in my my show notes such a good book Jonathan come on the show I would love to talk to you um, so against the grain so shave that so I lift the hairs up then I shave that little bit of the under part immediately throw in that cold water. Um, so if you're interested in any of my products, um, send me a message, uh, either on social media, like Twitter, Instagram, and I'll, I'll DM you like pictures of them. It's just, it's easier for me to take pictures and send it to you. Um, and then we can talk to be friends. Yay. Um, so that's what I do for my face. So then, okay, afterwards. So what do I do afterwards? Right? So most guys don't think about this. They shave their face. It's like, ah, so they put in like aftershave. Ah, alcohol. Alcohol is like the worst thing to be putting on your face immediately after you shave. Please put some cold water on it first and then do the aftershave. 
uh, think of it as like wiping off the excess shaving cream or like something, but like just do the cold water, wipe that off and then do the shaving cream. But if you have the opportunity to try to do some type of moisturizing spray before you do the shaving cream. And that's what I want to talk about. So I've used two different moisturizing sprays over the past couple of years. And I swear they have like halted the aging process of my face forever. It's, it's, it's incredible. Um, so the first one I used was, um, just like a, a regular mist from honest beauty. Uh, shout out Jessica Alba. Honest Beauty made this really nice mist um, that had uh, just mostly, mostly like purified water, a few other natural things to uh, just hydrate the face. And um, that was great for in between shaves to keep my face hydrated, but then also uh, post shave to, to rehydrate my face, especially in the areas that, that I just shaved with the razor and things like that. So I really like that. I used that for a number of years. But then uh, my wife and I were turned on to this company called Brandless. Uh, and Brandless is a really great company and they are exactly that. They're brandless. So they, they're a company that pays no brand tax. So all of their product is naturally more affordable than you would pay at the store because you're not paying for the name like Tide or Coke or Apple. Um, so uh, Brandless has this rose spray. Yeah rose spray so i literally smell like an 86 year old woman uh every single day after i shower but you know what it's kind of i kind of think of it as like an homage to my grandma uh i lost my grandma to alzheimer's way younger than i wanted to um she was in her mid 80s so she had lived a good life but i was too young so i miss my nana uh and so you know what i don't give a fuck that i smell uh like like roses because it reminds me of my nana and my face looks dope my skin i should say looks incredible it shines and not in like the greasy pizza kind of way but like in the actual like wow your face shines kind of way like the way your skin should shine um i'm noticing that i don't have wrinkles in in certain areas i don't have dry spots blemishes um all these things so so this rose um, face spray by brandless is what we're using now i use it jen uses it literally seven spritzes once a day um we've both used this little three ounce thing i don't even think we're halfway through it we both use it every single day so it lasts a long time it's affordable that's the point that I want to talk about. This is really affordable. That rose spray is super affordable. The shaving stuff that I use is really affordable. Um, good razors are really affordable. Um, and also, if you're thinking about razors, uh, don't give in to the myth of multiple razors. Multiple razors actually means more irritation. So there's a big movement right now with single blade razors. And while you are susceptible to cuts, and that is a little bit more difficult in areas around the chin and uh, different things like that around the jawline, uh, single blade razors are actually way better for your skin. So... Um, I used to work with a guy at Express who would literally come in, like we would dress up some days, and he would literally come in and I could see uh, the blood on the inside of his shirt because of the razor burn from his neck that morning. And um, I just feel like that's just no way, that's no way to live. You know, that's just torture. Um, and so, uh, it, it shouldn't be like that. So, so take care of your skin, uh, moisturize. And, uh, if you're interested in these products, connect with me on social media 
and I will uh, I'll send you pictures, uh, and I can send you some links, and we'll do that. But take care of your skin. It's super important. Uh, and I'm grateful for my wife for letting me raid her beauty products. And she now just buys bigger sizes, which is fantastic, uh, because before I used to have to, like, sneak. But now I'm just like, babe, I use your sprays. I hope that's okay. She's like, yeah, I know you've been using them. That's why I buy bigger sizes now. <laughs> That's a good wife. That's a great partner right there. Oh, she trips me out. Uh, thank you all for listening. Um, the numbers on her episode are they're incredible. And I'm just so happy that uh, you all have been enjoying it. And the feedback that we've been getting is so great. Um, I love that you all love our dynamic. Um, I love our dynamic too. Uh, but I love that you all love it as well. So thank, thank you for listening to that episode. If you haven't, it's a long one. So saddle up or listen to it in a couple of parts. But you can check that out. And um, uh, if you're uh, uh, at the... Um, $10 level for Patreon, you can see the video feed, which is really funny as well. So I recommend you subscribe to that level because then you'll be able to see The Office, which is great. You can see the studio for the first time, uh, which is awesome. And you can see my half beard that I've been describing for the last 15 minutes. Oh, my God. All right. Well, that wraps up our four-segment episode of Whiskey and Rye. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I have an episode coming up on dating that I'm going to do. I just need to nail down this timing with my guests. So we're going to do that. So episode on dating coming up. Uh, and then uh, I have a couple other guests that I've been looking to connect with. Uh, want to do an episode on fashion. Uh, and then I'm going to bring in just a friend of mine just to talk about just uh, guy stuff and uh, whatever. But we're just going to probably drink whiskey and whatever comes up we're just going to talk about that so that'll be kind of fun so we got a few more episodes coming up uh, along with uh maybe one or two more of these four-part episodes before the rest of the before we take a break uh for the season so thank you so much for tuning into this episode raise my glass to you cheers All right, friends, there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Whiskey and Rye. Not too many updates. Just want to remind you that we are still building our founders team for the Whiskey and Rye podcast. So uh, if you sign up at the $25 level, you will get lifetime access to the video content and all the content that I create. So plenty of uh, spaces for you to sign up. So join in uh, to the founders team for Whiskey and Rye. You can sign up at patreon.com slash Ryan Charles LA. And the link is also in the show notes. Uh, want to say thank you to the deep west for providing amazing music to this uh the link to their uh instagram is in the show notes and uh if you haven't checked out the social media from them uh or myself the sh- for myself or the show i encourage you to do that um they've got great stuff updates about their shows and new music that's coming out and on my stuff you can see all of the things that i'm doing you can see more information on the dad's breakfast uh, on my personal page and then on whiskey and rye you can see all updates uh that are coming from the show and you get to see some behind the scenes stuff as well so i encourage you to check that out so uh that is all i have as for updates i really appreciate you tuning into this episode i'm going to raise my glass to you and let the deep west take us out cheers